Hey, what's up, Tom? What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedulicity Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And with Schedulicity Pays. Yeah, and Schedulicity Pays was huge. Ginormous. It, yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for $0.10 cents a, a swipe. I mean, you, do your research. You can't find better. No. And a free card reader. And a free card reader. That's right. <laughs> Which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah. And also, we want to bring to the family. Yeah. So uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn, you, you, uh, you, you forward to your, to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per, per hour. And then you're also um, charging for your product, but they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using. And, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you, right? So, like, I know, for instance, like, I was way undercharging, like, for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing, so now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using. And, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey. Of course, my best bud, Tony. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Um, okay. We say it every week, right? 
excited to get into this conversation, excited for our guest today. Um, today, uh, I'm, I'm, let's just get into it. So go ahead. You know why I, I think I, we say that is because not only because we, I mean, we have our own opinions, but we get to see the perspective of an actual expert, right? Yeah, no doubt. Some, someone who knows what they're talking about. Aside from us just like playing, right. we know stuff. Yeah. So, uh, and that's why I'm excited, just because I know I'm going to get schooled and educated and learn something. Yeah. So today, um, today we're actually talking to a salon owner, hairstylist for 150 years. Um, a top 200 salon owner. A top 200 salon owner, a brand new author, right? He yep. just wrote a book and he wrote a book about our industry and, 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 you know, I think it had something to do with like walking far and smoking pot or something too, but yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into, I'm sure we'll get into, um, into the book as well. But, um. But this guy is just a top 200 salon, like you said, and just absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you know? and we're going to get and hit a subject that we've all heard, but we really, I mean, what does it really mean? Absolutely. And, so, and it's culture, right? It's culture. Right. Uh -huh. But if you want to get, if you want to know more about our, our artist today, uh, our guest, he's been on the podcast before. So if you want to learn more about his life history. Uh, go check out the earlier go check back. Yeah, I wish I knew the number of that. But um, today we're talking to Brian Noonish, and it's N-U-N-E-S. So well, the first time we said noons, noons. this time it's Noonish, right? And then Nunez, Nunez <laughs> and, or whatever, but it's, but it's Noonish. So today we're talking to Brian, and Brian's going to tell us um, all about how he's built culture within his salon. Um, but uh, we're also really excited because we're actually going to do this in three segments. You know, there's so much information about culture in itself. That, um, that we're actually going to break it up into three segments and we're going to run it uh, back to back to back to back. So we're going to run all three um, podcasts back to back. So, you know, it, it's going to be like a, we'll call it like a PhD in culture. How's that sound? I love it. Okay, cool. So let's bring Brian in. So uh, Mr. Brian Nunes, once again, welcome back to your day off. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a guest today. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. You're always welcome, man. You yeah. can sit in Tony's chair. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> man, other people have. So. <laughs> uh, congratulations on the book. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, definitely uh, a new experience, but glad that uh, we saw it through to the end, and, and now it's out there. What's the name of the book? It's called Blown Away. Um, and, you know, there is a, <laughs> there is a subtitle. Uh, it's what pizza pot and a walk around the world taught me about life and leadership. So long, long walks and pot smoking about 400 pages, <laughs> 400 pages of walking and, <laughs> and pizza when you got the munchies. Right. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Um, real quick. I want to spend uh, like kind of two minutes on this, Brian, tell us about, um, you know, how you got into the industry in the salon, but, and then out. Yeah. Um, I had a friend in college, uh, who cut hair he was a Redskin fan. I was a Redskin fan. I spent a lot of time in his salon. Loved that he chased girls and played golf. And uh, that's how I made my vocational decision. I wanted to chase girls and play <laughs> golf. Went to hair school. The rest is history. And um, haven't had much luck with either, actually. Golf or girls. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, but you've had great luck with, with, with the hair uh, industry. So you own a salon in Raleigh, North Carolina called Blow, B-L-O. Yes, sir. That's awesome. And tell, give, come on, give us a couple accolades about uh, how awesome your salon is. Oh, gosh. Man. Talk about I love doing this to Brian because it embarrasses him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, well, we, we've grown from a 2,000 square foot salon, 12 stations. Now we have <clears throat> 4,200 square feet, 40, uh, 24 cutting stations, 16 color stations. 
we've won a NAHA and a Global Salon Business Award and uh, a few other um, things that the industry said kind about us. And uh, I guess that just means the judges received the checks. <laughs> Good word. So were you able to build all this? I guess we're leading into what we're going to be talking about, right? Were you able to build this uh, and figure out our topic today? Or did you kind of knew where you wanted to go and then put everything in place? Uh, well, that's a great question. Um, I think in, in as it relates to culture, I think I always sort of knew how what I saw the business as, you know, I wanted to be legendary. I wanted to be very successful. And I didn't know what that looked like, but I knew what the intentions were for the business. The problem was, is that I didn't communicate that to everybody else. You know, I just walked around personalizing everybody's decision and expecting them to know what I wanted them to do rather than focusing on the big story, which was, was my story. You know, why, why we do these things so that we can get buy-in rather than having people just react to you. So for many years, um, you know, I knew what I wanted, but I certainly wasn't in the front of the line, helping us get there. I was working against us. Wow. <clears throat> I like that. So it's almost like the, the well, I, I'll, I'll get a sidetrack now, <laughs> but you know, staying on culture. So, I mean, you know, Brian, let's be honest. We it, culture has become over the last few years, culture has become like, like this, this key word, right. On how to create success and how to, it's all about the culture, you know, and, and, and it's just a word that's kind of written on, on, on Instagram or wherever, you know, you're getting your information, but how do we define culture? What, what, is, how do you define culture and what does culture mean to you? And, and, you know, what's that story like? Yeah. So I, I want to be careful here that all of my, like what we're talking about today is just from my own experiences. I'm not, college educated on this. I haven't done any, I'm not Brene Brown where I've done like clinical studies or anything like that. So I can talk about it from, from my perspective. What I know about culture <clears throat> is that um, it is the most important thing in a business. It is sort of a, a catch word right now with the way that internet education is going. Um, everybody's a consultant. Everybody's a, a teacher. You can sign in to to, to have a virtual class. And so there's so many, there, there's so much noise out there about culture right now. Um, but it is the most important thing. And I think what I've learned about it is that it, it, it comes from, well, it exists whether you're intentional about it or not. So the minute that you open your business, the minute that you, you start a family, the minute that you have a group of friends, uh, the minute that you have people together, you have a culture. It exists whether you're intentional about it or not. That's the first thing to understand about it. The next thing that can create a lot of um, efficiency and, and sort of this lineal focus is that it derives from your values, purpose, and your vision. And so unless you've established the values that you have, and you're able to communicate them efficiently and what the purpose of those values are and the vision that you have for the organization, whether it be a family, whether it be a business, whether it be a group of friends, unless you're able to communicate that succinctly, then what happens is the rest of the world is reacting to whoever's representing that culture. So if you've got a group of five stylists and one owner, 
your culture is going, the message of your culture is going to be spread out by all of those people. And if they all don't have the same values, purpose, and vision, or they at least don't know what the organization's values are, then it, it gets really convoluted and the message gets lost. And then, you know, as an owner, you, you get to be what I did, which was just running around yelling at people. And, and, you know, why don't you sweep your station? You know, why don't you love me? I told you, you know, that kind of thing. You're, you're really looking for validation more than you are trying to create a business that everybody can buy into. Mm. I'm a, yeah, I'm already, I'm already, I'm in, I'm in. So, well, I mean, Brian, let's, let's talk about, um, I think the easiest way to kind of do this um, is to kind of like talk, talk through your experience. So, and, and I'm really intrigued by, and listen, I, I've never worked with you, so I don't know what the truth is and what you're just bullshitting us with, but like what, um, <laughs> but what was your shift where you decided that, 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 that the yelling uh, owner or, you know, the, 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 why don't you love me owner, you know, what was that shift like? And, and, and how did you, I, I guess, how, how I'm impressed anyone that can make a big decision like that and then, and then follow through, you know, yeah. by owning it and being accountable to themselves. Yeah. Cause he said, he said he had, you, you've always had the vision of what you wanted. I guess you just really never had the purpose or value or how to, to put that in, in, in place for the rest of your staff to figure out as well, or for you to teach them. But yeah. What, yeah, what was that shift? <laughs> well, I mean, I had a fucking walkout, man. I mean, that's, mm. you know, that's, that's real it just costs you money, you know, Mm -hmm. and you got two choices in those moments. You can um, defend and explain, or you can not acknowledge and ask, you know, acknowledge the situation and ask questions and, 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 you know, hear the tough feedback. And you can certainly look in the mirror. I mean, you know, I I knew that, that after situation like that, the, what I wanted for the business didn't change. And so I couldn't examine the behavior of the people that left because that's fucking irrelevant. You know, it, yeah. it doesn't, that doesn't matter. I have to sort of acknowledge, um, you know, what's going on in me and, and what I'm doing and look at the results of it. And so uh, a lot of self-reflection, certainly. And then, you know, getting people involved. I mean, never underestimate the value of outside resources. I mean, you know, working in a business like this, a lot of us, I can't speak for a lot of us, but I know how it works for me. I live in a bubble. And so it's difficult for me. I'm socially awkward. Like when I get to hair shows and stuff like that, I'm not really great at networking, you know? And so I've definitely benefited from reading a little bit and um, soliciting coaches that are outside of the industry a little bit to help me understand uh, and validate my thinking, you know, but um as far as it relates to culture, though, you know, identifying the things that are important to me, um, the values that I have, and being able to communicate that to other people, by default, the first thing that happens is it becomes the answer to a question on a test. In other words, you know, let's say you go through the exercise, you define what your values are, and you come up with a list of 20, you narrow them down to five, and then you start to communicate them to your team. It's likely that a lot of people that are hearing this for the first time are just trying to remember them so that they can recite them when you ask them what they are. 
they haven't internalized them. They haven't really um, asked themselves how it relates to everything within the organization, from branding to creating an intentional guest experience to policies to education. It's not until they start to filter into the organization that people are able to internalize those values and really understand what they mean. And when that happens, then they start to ask, hey, you know, what's important to me? Do I share in these values? And that's really the responsibility of the owner. Let me back up for a second to just sort of clarify. It's the owner's responsibility not only to identify the values, but to point out every single opportunity where they've been infringed upon or where they've been honored and then talk about the ripple effect of both situations so that you can help your people start to think critically for themselves in situations like this. So if, you, if, if one of your values is honesty or one of your values is family, or one of your values is trust, when you talk about particular situations within a salon, instead of focusing on the behavior and, and, you know, like, why did you do this? And I told you not to do this. And this sort of hierarchical telling people what to do. If you focus on, hey, you know, this, this, can you see how this situation compromised trust? Or which value do you think it did compromise? What decisions do you, could you have made? to honor that trust. And then now that we're in this situation, how do we go back in and regain it? When you start talking to people that way, they're not living in fear anymore. They're starting mm. to recognize, hey, the reason why I'm triggered here is because trust was violated and that's a value that I've got. You mm. know what I mean? And so then you slowly begin to build this internal collective consciousness that everybody can make very efficient decisions on, whether it be establishing systems, whether it be establishing a brand experience, whether it be coaching, whether it be discipline, whether it be rewards, everything has to pass the smell test of the values of the organization. Dude, first off, the first thing that I thought about was, I mean, immediately uh, Brian went paternal with this, right? Automatically, he feels like a dad. And like those conversations that you were having wasn't like, hey, I'm mad at you, son. It was more like, dude, you've really disappointed me, you know? And like, and that is so much like, and what, well, what, what that disappointment does is it turns the camera back on you. Like, how could have you made this situation different? And, and, and you know, I already feel like, you know, Brian just kind of like sent me to the right. principal's office. It's sort of like, when, like, <laughs> like with my kid, you know, when he met, when he messed up or if, if he messes up, you know, I'm like, instead of getting mad at him, I'm like, you need me, you know, you need me more now than, than any other time. And uh, it just kind of like, you know, when, when you approach it th in that mentality and you're going to help get them through it or help them, you know, give them, you know, support, uh, they have, they're, they're going to want to please you or they're going to want to do that to be a part of it, which that's amazing. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about here. I mean, you know, you can, it's funny because what we, when we talk about culture, it all filters into people's personal lives at Blow as well. And you're right. When, you, when you're talking to your child, and, and a lot of my um, staff now have kids of their own, and the way that they um, parent is around values. It's not this hierarchical, you know, scolding, punitive sort of conversation. It's this planting a seed of, hey, you know, tell me about this situation and can you see how it kind of did this? 
Um, and, it, and it just teaches critical thinking skills. And you've got more independent people rather than people on the team. Mm, I love it. And, they, and they're going to want to do what's right or what's, you know, what's right as far as the values of, of the situation. And then from that point, you know, how it relates to culture is then you have to take it into the purpose. Like what is the purpose of these values? You know, what is it, you know, for us, um, it's to help people be successful beyond their own beliefs Um, to, to recognize that our success depends on our willingness and ability to contribute to the success of the people around us. That's what our purpose is. Our purpose isn't to do 3 million, although we did it this year. That's a result of committing to the purpose of our values. And then the vision outside of that is to bring more people into that environment, you know, continue to work our systems, continue to grow so that we can help people uh, benefit that we haven't met yet. Oh, dude. I feel like I'm in, I'm, I'm in college and it, the, the, the church or college is, what, right, is where yeah. I feel like I am. <laughs> That's incredible. So, so Brian, you were saying to bring more people in and, and just to be clear, you're talking about more staff, not necessarily, um, not necessarily, uh, uh, more clients, correct? Well, you know, one, you know, the, the tail wags the dog, but yeah, our focus is definitely on the staff. I mean, you know, that's one of the, 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 the purposes that we have. Our focus really isn't on the client. In fact, you know, we, we speak pretty candidly behind closed doors. You know, I don't give a f- about the client. It's, not, it's got nothing to do with the client. We believe that, you know, focusing on the development of the team and the collective consciousness of the team, if everybody's bought in, then the result of that will be clients. Because the clients... When clients come in and I ask them what their value is, at, you know, what they value about Blow, they'll say things like, you know, it's, it's a New York salon. That's their perception of it. But when they walk in, it's super comfortable. And everybody seems to really get along here. Everybody's very supportive. So what are they really saying? What they're saying is, I identify with your culture. I want to be part of your club. It's how I see myself. I see myself in, the, in what you've established within this organization. It's why people buy Harleys versus Kawasaki's. You know, it's, it's, it's why people buy Nikes versus Adidas. You know, if you took the swoosh off of a Nike shoe, does it make you not jump as high? No, but... For some reason, I still feel like I'm going to be like LeBron or like Mike if I buy that shoe. It's because I identify with that culture as a consumer. There's an emotional connection there. Mm. Yeah, when you have a strong culture like that, I mean, yeah, now that, when you brought that those brands in as well, you, totally. I've, I've purchased things because of that, like 100%. Right. Yeah. When you buy a Harley Davidson, you're not buying a motorcycle. You're buying a membership. Oh, you're buying a membership into a club. It's not the most reliable bike on the world in the world. It's it's not the fastest bike in the world. And I love them. I mean, I don't have one, but but and this is no knock or endorsement on Harley. It's just to point out the characteristics of a common brand where a culture was established before the branding. Mm. 
I love that. Another branding is the culture, right? Or the culture is the brand. Or it stems from the culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's no way that Harley went out and decided that they were going to have a brand first before the culture was established. I mean, look at the the rides on Washington. Look at the the vets and all of the clubs. And I mean, is it not a membership? Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. I love that. I mean, like, so, like, so as it relates to clients, when you're talking about, you know, the intention is to grow. Sure. You want to grow your team, but when you grow this sort of collective buy-in of your culture, what happens is more and more people, you make more room for more clients to come in and say, Hey, you know, that's a really strong, succinct, identified culture that I relate to. And I want to be a part of that. And that's why they come. I love it. It must be, it, and it, again, in hindsight, it, it must be incredible for like retention rates and stuff too, because you know now they now now they are a part of something, right? And it, it, at the end of the day, isn't that what we're all seeking, right? Yeah, that's awesome, Brian. Um, I can't wait. So uh, again, if you're listening to this now, you know, tune in next week. We're going to, we're going to continue this conversation. We're, we're going to break it up into three uh, different segments just so we can kind of like, uh, there's a lot to absorb. So it just gives us time to kind of absorb it. Um, next year, next week, we are going to be uh, talking about culture and, and, and how it relates to shared beliefs. So um, I'm very much looking forward to that. Um, we're going to have to come up with a name for this segment or something, but, uh, but uh, Mr. Brian Nunish, once again, thank you for joining us on your day off. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> Yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, That's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease.